to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Justice Breyer's retirement gives President Biden the first Supreme Court pick of his presidency. It will not change the court's ideological balance since conservatives remain firmly in control. In an April speech at Harvard, Breyer resisted the idea, though, that judges act politically. The judge decides a case in the way that he or she believes the law demands. In court, Breyer was professorial, but his decisions reflected the impact on real people's lives. In a notable 2015 dissent, he said the death penalty had become so arbitrary, it's probably unconstitutional so that happened just minutes after the show was over yesterday that was breaking news just after 10 o'clock kind of the biggest news probably uh yesterday that a new supreme court justice will uh, be picked he's actually retiring something that uh liberals wanted uh ruth bader ginsburg to do and she didn't and then when she passed away, it was during the Trump administration, so yeah. he got to appoint uh, a successor. And, you know, for no matter what you think about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, <laughs> that whole thing of Supreme Court justices are supposed to be nonpartisan, that was a nonpartisan decision on her part. Um, and I remember when, you know, in, in talking about wanting her to retire, somebody had asked her about that, and she said, tell me right now, who would replace me, and if they're better than me, I would step down. (laughs) (laughs) Not very humble. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, the Supreme Court, and we've talked about this, is supposed to be, and even it was mentioned there, um, supposed to be nonpartisan decisions. And Mm -hmm. I think think for the most part, they try to do that. However, there, there is no way, and we've talked about even yourself and myself, Chris, when it comes to, you know, trying to be nonpartisan, you still have your own biases. Well, yeah, I mean, just because you've lived a number of years and seen and, and, and done things, it means that you have uh, your, own, your own way of thinking that's different than everybody else, because nobody else has equal experiences. The only thing we know for sure as of right now is, uh, I'm, and I'm sure Nate and I were talking about this off air after, after, right after this was announced yesterday, um, it's amazing because um, in Washington, D.C., things are very, very seldom secret. Um, there's no way that this was a surprise. I guarantee people knew that this was going to happen. The fact that there were no rumors out there that, like, hey, uh, he may be retiring soon or there's talk that he's going to retire was ac- actually asking. pretty amazing. Yeah, people were asking him to, but he had never indicated before that he was considering doing it. Yeah. Um, so about the only thing we know as of right now for sure is that whoever it's going to be, it's going to be a black woman. That's true. And uh, they've already kind of narrowed it down to five possible uh, replacements. Even though Biden hasn't said <laughs> yet who, who no, he likes. It's, this is just, it's just speculation at yeah. this point. Um. <laughs> to a certain extent, and, I, and I'm just curious if anybody else, because this, this happened yesterday, and I'm like, really? You've narrowed it down not to the best person, but a black woman. No matter who it is, it's going to be a black woman. And I'm not saying a black woman can't be the best choice, yeah. but you've just eliminated Asian population. You've eliminated Native American population. You've, nad- you've eliminated the Hispanic population. And, of course, you've eliminated the white population. Uh, it just smacks of racism. Well, reverse racism, maybe. 
But, I mean, it's still racism. Yeah. The, the white men are still way ahead in terms of, of uh, Supreme Court justices. Yeah, I get it. But to come out, and granted, I know he promised during his run for president that if First, elected, uh, if one came open, it was going to be a black woman who was going to fill that seat. First president who ever made an announcement like that was Ronald Reagan. And he announced that uh, when there was, uh, when, assuming that there would be a Supreme Court opening during his term, he said he was going to appoint a woman. And he was the first person who'd ever, you know, specified that they were going to uh, uh, nominate just one kind of person. And, of course, that's where Sandra Day O'Connor came from. Right. I don't, I, I don't. Ended up being the first woman to serve. You know, and you, you may have in the back of your mind, and once again, we have all, all have our things, our biases. You may have in the back of your mind that, you know, that that's what you want to do. But to actually, you know, before you vet anybody, before you talk about anybody, before you, you know, try to come up with the best possible person, you just say it's going to be a black woman. Everybody else is going to be eliminated. Just and seems strange. It's, well, it's because there hasn't been one yet. And he says, well, it's time. And once again, there hasn't been a Native American yeah. You know, so what, we're going to we're going to do a Native American woman because we've never had we're going to do a native. We're going to do an Asian woman because there's never been one. He didn't tell you what's next, did he? <laughs> but I mean, it, 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 you just eliminate everybody for what, you know, is is one of the highest, not one of it is the highest judgeship in all the land. You, you eliminate a lot of people when you narrow down just, hey, we're just because like like I said, I would feel the same way as like I'm going to nominate a white man. I don't care whoever whoever else might be more well, qualified for the job. I'm going to nominate a white man. For 204 years, that's all we did. But we're in 2022. Mm-hmm. But it's only been 40 years now since uh, the first non-white man. Well, no, it's it's been longer than that because Thurgood Marshall right. began serving about 1968. So uh, I guess it's been over 50 years, 54 years. Uh, now that we've had more than just white men on the Supreme Court. Your thoughts, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to weigh in on that, we can uh, talk about that this morning. Uh, a couple of things that we will be talking about uh, once again uh, throughout the morning. We've got that uh, with the phone lines open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, you can also uh, email Chris at KBY.com, Mike at KBY.com. We need to get our first check on what's going on with sports this morning with Rick Worthington. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. The place to go for lunch, not just today and every day. And here's the thing. You could go to lunch at Fat Guys Fresh Deli every day for a month and never have the same thing. And it's delicious. Get in today just off Wells Avenue in Meridian. Good morning. Some big sports news unfolding this morning as the Denver Broncos have hired Green Bay Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett to be their new head coach. This is according to ESPN this morning. Now, again, the Denver Broncos making that hire. Hackett was scheduled to interview with the Jaguars today, but the Broncos stepped in last night and got the deal done to prevent him from going to Jacksonville. There's something else going on here that you probably haven't heard about, which is that the Denver Broncos want very badly to make a deal to bring Aaron Rodgers in to be their new quarterback as well. So it seems that hiring his offensive coordinator at Green Bay to be the new head coach would be a likely scenario to make Aaron Rodgers want to come to Denver. 
Nevertheless, we'll see how that unfolds. But the Broncos hiring again Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator at Green Bay, to be their new head coach overnight. I'm Rick Worthington. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Well, after a uh, sell-off yesterday, remember we were doing so great yesterday morning. Stock market was up a few hundred points. All the indexes were up. And then the uh, Fed came out and talked, and uh, the uh, stock market took a uh, big dive again towards the end of the day. Apparently, they didn't like what the Fed had to say, even no, though they rarely do. It, it seems like we knew what the Fed was going to say, and maybe some people, the, the money on Wall, Th- Wall Street thought that because of how badly the economy is uh, doing right now and that stock market in is not doing well, that maybe they thought they would delay the interest rate high is the only thing I can think about. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk with Jeremiah Bates coming up here in about 45 minutes to find out, you know, why the quick change after the Fed, you know, basically um, announced that they were going to continue with their interest rate hikes uh, probably as soon as uh, March, and yet then the stock market went kablooey just after that announcement was made, even though that's what we've been hearing for the last month. That's so, actually the technical term for it, too, is kablooey. Kablooey, yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of people so, don't know that. Uh, yeah, the stock market is up a little bit ahead of the uh, opening here, just a little uh, under an hour away. Um, something we didn't get to talk about yesterday, um, and, and it's very sad, uh, because this might be, in my opinion, um, at least over the last few years, Boise State's biggest rivalry. But after this coming year, Boise State and BYU will no longer play in football. Ever? Um, unless they sign least, a new contract. Not for the uh, immediate future. Anymore. Yeah. Boise State Athletic Director Jeremiah Dickey appeared to make that official um, earlier this week when he uh, was asked about the series, and he says, one more game with them and then done. They've been awesome to work with, challenging for them as an independent. Utah and Utah State also important to their fan base. I hope we can get a home and home in the future, but they need to figure out the Big 12. And I completely understand. So they're supposed to enter the Big 12 in 2023, um, which means that after this coming year, 2022, play BYU plays here. Yeah, plays here in Boise State this year. It'll be the final one uh, for the foreseeable future. Remember, just two more, uh, two more teams, and the Big 12 will have 12. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, there are uh, 11 openings now on Boise State's mm-hmm. schedule over the next 11 years that have to be filled. Wow. That's a hard one to fill. I mean, because you're losing a Power 5 opponent that you play every year, and now you have to find somebody to fill that with. I mean, I'd love to see a Power 5 opponent sure. take that slot, but I, it, it's not that, that easy to just go, oh, well, we're, we're just going to go play uh, Washington those 11 years. Mm-hmm. Or Washington, just to pick a Power 5. Says- no. Yeah, exactly. We're not going to do a home and home with you guys. It was it was a great thing, and like I said, in my personal opinion, I think it was you know probably the biggest rivalry rivalry um, that Boise State had, even though BYU is not in the conference. People have put on Facebook and and Twitter uh, their opinions of uh, the Boise State schedule. And there are plenty of people, most of them not from Boise, who don't think the Boise State schedule is ever difficult enough that it would warrant sending them to uh, 
you know, one of the big bowl games. Right. I don't even know. If they're, even if they're undefeated, they say, well, you know, they didn't beat anybody. Well, yes, they did. I, I don't know how you could get more difficult of schedule. Well, you could um, than last year because Boise State had the second most difficult schedule yeah. in, the, in the whole NCAA nation. That's Indiana was the only one that had a more difficult schedule than, people, than Boise State last still year. Still ended up with a winning record, albeit, you know, yeah. barely. Yeah. Uh, in other news, you heard from uh, Rick there that Denver has hired their new head coach. Uh, also, Jacksonville hired their new head coach last night, too. Byron Leftwich will be leaving Tampa Bay for Jacksonville. It's not a big move. Just down the road a little ways. Did he play for them? He did, didn't he? He did, yeah. 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 So he, he will now their, be... He was their, their quarterback, and now he'll be their head coach. Yeah. Um, also, it's looking more and more like Kellen Moore will be staying put, which is not necessarily a bad thing. A lot of people think that you know he, he would be a head coach somewhere um, this year, but uh, Kellen Moore has apparently been talking you know, to, to, to people around him and saying that he wants to stay as offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I, I, <laughs> if he stays there one more year and has another year you know, like this year, and uh, the year before Dak Prescott was uh, injured in his first year as offensive coordinator, the, the calls for him to be a head coach and people knocking down his door are going to be even bigger than they were this year. Hmm. But, I mean, keep in mind, this is only his uh, third birthday as an offensive coordinator this year. <laughs> He's still a very young offensive coordinator. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he uh, wasn't he the youngest one in the NFL when he was named? I believe you are correct, sir. Still in his 20s at that point. Yeah, and now early 30s. So he's still a very young. If he would be a head coach, he would be one of the youngest head coaches yeah. in the NFL. But well, uh, all also, indications are looking like he is going to stay at least for one more year. Also, there would be a few players on the roster that are older than he. Yeah. Yes, that's true. <laughs> um, I saw this text yesterday. I just wanted to share this because of our Hall of Fame talk yesterday. Just one more little thing from sports before we uh, move on. Um, in talking about you know Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens being in the uh, Hall of Fame, uh, James James had written written in, and although your your newscaster seemed upset and angry that several former stars who boosted their performance with drugs that improved their strength and extended their careers, it would send the wrong message to the current athletes and society as a whole. It's wise that baseball writers scorned these performances that passed Henry Aaron's. Many pitchers who did it did not use drugs. Sticking with fair playing field is always a good idea, both in life and in professional sports. And I, and I totally get that. And I had said that there is a way you could probably get them in because the Hall of Fame is there for one reason, to showcase the best players who ever played the game. It doesn't say to show the, showcase the best players whoever played the game who didn't use any performance-enhancing drugs, um, it's the best players in, in the game. And, if you're, if you, James, if, if your argument is true, then what is David Ortiz doing in the Hall of Fame as a first ballot inductee? He tested positive for PEDs during his career. So why is he in the Hall of Fame and these other guys aren't? And, and I'll just, as far as performance... Um, this thing just absolutely amazed me yesterday when I, I saw this on, on Twitter. David Ortiz's career on-base percentage, 380. Wow. Barry, Barry Bonds' on-base percentage, if you turned all of his 762 home runs into outs, all right? So it's 762 home runs. If you, if you take those away because you don't believe PEDs, you know, because that's what it does. It helps them hit home or makes them stronger. Yeah. So if you take those and turn those into out, his on-base percentage is still 384. 
<laughs> if you keep him in, though, his on-base percentage was huge. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, like I said, he broke the uh, the record for walks in a season by almost 100. So I, I don't know if he'll eventually get in. It's just, it's just weird that the, the example that, you know, oh, we don't want people who cheated. David Ortiz cheated. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer and nowhere near as good as Roger Clemens or Barry Bonds, in my opinion. So um, that argument kind of falls apart. I don't know if it, it's because more and more is, is, you know, lessening how horribly they think of it or not. With, with Ortiz and with a few of the others, uh, it, it's natural in Major League Baseball for a player to start, you know, slowing down at a certain age, and yep. that age is usually about mid-30s, yep. and then their stats will go down. Well, if your stats start to get better at that age, then people suspect maybe you've had a little help. KBY News Time 628. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 641, good morning. By the way, if you're trying to get through to us by uh, texting us this morning, our text line is down, so you're going to have to use a different mode of conversation. You can email chris at kbui.com, mike at kbui.com. As usual, the quickest, uh, best way to get through to us is by calling us at 208-336-3700, 1-800-529-5264. That's toll free or pound 670 if you have a Verizon phone. But if you uh, are texting us and wondering why we're not responding, that's, that's the reason. Text lines are down. Merle has written in and says the Hall of Fames have long been a farce. Too many are in them. Babe Ruth wasn't a unanimous choice because of his relationship with sports writers. Players like Art Monk or Jerry Kramer take several years to be elected. What changed in the years between the first time they were eligible and the year they finally got in? The NFL has limits of two minimum and six maximum inductees per year. I have long believed it should be one and done. You are either a Hall of Famer or you are not. You know, it used to be, and this was the dumbest thing in, in my mind, that sports writers said, I will never, ever vote for a person on their first time on the ballot. I don't, I don't know why, but you've had sports writers say that. And it's like the dumbest thing ever. If they deserve to be in, well, why, why are you not voting for them, but you'll vote for them on year number two? Hall of Fame's been around for 86 years now, and there has been a total of one guy who was named on every ballot, and that was Mariano uh, Rivera. Yeah. Um, remember growing up, uh, I'm sure that you were around kids. You had, you had dares that, you know, like stick your tongue on a flagpole when the temperatures tended below zero. You've probably seen that in your lifetime, right? Well, we, we, I've seen it in a movie, but yeah, I'm aware of, of uh, yeah. what happened. Um, you know, there, there's lots of different dares that happen. I remember when we were in high school, we uh, dared one of our, college, our high school basketball teammates on picture day to shave his head. Um, and then um, he said, if, you ever, if, if he gets $200, if you guys raise $200, I'll shave my head. Uh, we easily did that. Uh, the coach was not happy. His parents were not happy because there he got this bald guy all of a yeah. sudden uh, who shaved his head on picture day. Um, kids today are, are, are apparently really upping their game when it comes to dares. Um, and we say you learn something new if you listen to our show every day. This is this is something new that I didn't know could happen. A 19-year-old student at the University of Liverpool is going viral after uh, a dare that he accepted. Um, apparently, uh, somebody dared him that it, it, they he couldn't stand having Axe body spray sprayed on both of his nipples, emptying the entire can. Now, it's under aerosol, so it's extremely cold when you do that right 
uh, apparently. Yeah, um, he accepted the dare, and then afterwards, he, he, he took it, the pain and all that stuff, and then afterwards, one of his friends uh, flip, flicked his nipples, and the nipples fell off. Oh, my goodness. So they were basically frozen. They were frozen, and he no longer has nipples. And well, nipples don't grow back, by the way. Did you? I, I never would have guessed that you could have, you know. That they don't, that they don't grow back? That, well, I knew that they didn't grow back, but that, you know, you get them super cold. I guess it makes sense. I mean, there are, what, salamanders and a couple other species that can uh, regrow a limb, but... Uh, yeah, humans can't regrow no, nobody, nipples. Nobody mentions nipples. Um, that. He thought it was funny, though. He says that he has no regrets. Not one. Not one regret. Regret. <laughs> uh, top great things about not having nipples... Um, that he can enjoy now. If you're struggling for a conversation on a first date, you can just take off your shirt and say, "Look what I don't have." <laughs> you have something in common. You now if, have. If you're a if you're a guy, you can do that. Yeah, you, you now have something in common with six of seven Batman suits. <laughs> you won't, except for the except for the one Clooney wore. You won't chafe beneath your shirt when you never run a marathon. And finally, when your friends get hammered during spring break and say, "Hey, let's all go get nipple rings," you now have an excuse to bail on that. Yeah. Yeah. KBY News Time is 6.45. Time for another check on sports. By the way, uh, today, jerk chicken at Fat Guy's Fresh Deli. They're bringing you this look at sports this morning. Jerk chicken. Uh, very good soup, by the way. All their soups are delicious, but jerk chicken is one of their uh, ones that I really like. A little spicy uh, back on the back end. Uh, team that up with a sandwich. You got yourself a great meal. Fat Guy's Fresh Deli in Meridian. The Green Bay Packers lost their playoff game, and now everybody wants to know about Aaron Rodgers. Will he retire? Will he decide to play for another team next season? Nobody's really sure yet. Green Bay Packers head coach Matt LaFleur spoke to reporters after the season ended, says they would really love to have Aaron Rodgers back next year. We're hopeful that he'll be back next year, obviously. I mean, this guy has done so much for such a long period of time for this organization, for this city, for this team. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I want to be respectful of his process, whatever he needs to go through to, to make the best decision for himself. And certainly uh, we, we would love for him to be a Packer and be a Packer until the day he, he decides to retire. The NFL schedule for this week, by the way, on Sunday, you'll see the Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs. That game will start at, well, let's see, that's 1 o'clock our time, and it'll be on CBS. The San Francisco 49ers will also be at the Los Angeles Rams. That game will start at 4.30 local on Fox. Again, both games on Sunday. I'm Rick Worthington. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 6.57. Coming up for you uh, next Wednesday, Boise State has another home game, Extra Mile Arena. Last game had over 8,000 people. San Jose State coming to town um, number one, Boise State, the Mountain West will be playing. Hopefully, they'll still be number one uh, coming up. And uh, Boise State does have the second longest win streak in the nation now after Auburn. Yeah. Um, they play Fresno State, which you'll hear at 670 KBOI this coming Friday night. But we have tickets for you right now if you'd like to call. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. If you'd like to go to the San Jose State game, here's your chance to win those tickets. Caller number six. 
You early risers, this is your chance for you to win right now. You always complain that we don't give away enough stuff in the first hour of the show. Here it is. Go ahead and call us right now, 208-336-3700. 90 seconds left. There you go. <laughs> also on the way for you this morning, we have four tickets to the uh, Boise Golf and Travel Show, 10th, 11th, and 12th of February. And you have a chance to win those by answering our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Looking to uh, purchase a home and you want to make sure that it's easy um, and no problems. Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty can make that happen for you. Five offices across the Treasure Valley. And phone number to call to do it, 208-888-4128. All right, our question today, the phrase cut to the chase means skip all the boring details and get to the exciting part. Our question, though, today is where does that phrase originally come from? That's right. It hasn't been around forever. It originally came from something specific. If you know the answer, stick around. Once again, coming up at about 820 today, we'll give you a chance to answer and win the Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question at 208-336-3700. By the way, that is also the number you should be calling right now. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We have tickets for you. Extra Mile Arena next Wednesday night. Boise State will be taking on San Jose. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 708, good morning. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Uh, Jim Vermillion, congratulations. Winner of our tickets, Boise State taking on San Jose State. Next Wednesday night, we have more tickets to give away. Don't worry if you didn't get through. Just keep listening here, and uh, you'll have a chance to uh, win those tickets. Our phone line's open, 208-336-3700, pound 670. If you have a Verizon phone, I will tell you, if you're trying to get through uh, by texting us this morning, text messaging is down. So uh, you'll have to pick a, a different way to uh, participate in the show, and we would like you to participate. But you can also email chris at kboi.com or mike at kboi.com. Didn't get a chance to get to this yesterday. Um, We got a little bit busy in the final hour with phone calls, uh, but I did want to uh, talk about this a little bit because we we have mentioned this, that there are people out there um, that want their kids just to get COVID and get over it. You know, they don't want them to get vaccinated. uh, Like they do sometimes with the chicken pox, things like that. Yeah, yeah. You, you you would hope that this would go without saying, um, but doctors are are saying that it's not necessarily uh, a good idea to go about and, and do that. In our clinics, we're seeing parents ask questions about their children and adults ask questions about themselves. Should I go out and get infected? And the answer to that is an absolutely not. Um, it is very clear that the vaccine is more protective than getting um, covid without being vaccinated and right now the idea of purposely getting infected um, could lead to a very bad illness even in somebody who's been vaccinated and more importantly our entire health system is experiencing among the worst uh, COVID surge that we've seen and um, difficulty in accommodating patients so we don't want any more to get sick voluntarily. That's Dr. Uh, Stephen Emerson of St. Alphonsus. So basically, 
he, he's saying a, a good general rule is don't give yourself a disease. <laughs> um, here's the other thing. Keep in mind, we just entered crisis standards of care. So God forbid that your kid does get really, really sick. You, you might have trouble getting into an emergency room or a hospital if if you do get them infected on purpose. So just just don't. Yeah, I like the good general rule, though, about not giving yourself a disease. I think that's just great. Isn't that, yeah, that, that I mean, kind of common sense, right? You can't stop it if somebody else is going to give you one, but you don't have to give yourself one. Uh, yesterday, uh, case number, it's been a while since we've given case numbers, so let's go ahead and uh, do that. Positive cases yesterday, 4,087. Remember when 2,500 just a few months ago was, was the daytime yeah. high? Um, there were also 12 deaths yesterday. Keep in mind that number is probably much higher than that, approximately 40,000, almost 41,000 outstanding positive laboratory results are pending. Now I'm waiting for the daily email that we get that says that, well, what about the people who already had this or did that? <laughs> I mean, they really want us to break it down. Keep, you know, if you say keep up 4, your fear yeah. if, you th- if you think 4,000 people are sick, you have to tell people the 4,000 different maladies that they have. Um, on January 25th, 3,520 new cases, 14 deaths. January 24th, 4,900, 40, almost 5,000 new cases, 8 deaths. Um, last Monday or last Friday, uh, 3,700 and 4 new cases, uh, 6 deaths. Um, so numbers, you know, keep, keep, uh, are, are very, very high as of right now. And, and the reason is, once again, the, the Omicron variant infects a lot of people because it's so Very much quickly, more infectious yeah. um, than uh, the Delta variant or the other variants were. Um, Mike writes in, in your conversation yesterday about mentioning how few people test positive for the flu every year compared uh, to COVID, when was the last time in U.S. history that everyone in the U.S. was checked for flu? You're, it was a terrible analogy. Well, I'll tell you what, not everybody in the United States gets tested for COVID either. The only reason you get tested is if you're sick. Same with the flu. If you get sick yeah. and you want to know if you have the flu, you go in and get tested. The flu, unlike COVID, uh, you can't just have the flu and not have any symptoms. With COVID, you can. Yeah. And you can even spread it without having symptoms. But the flu, I mean, pretty much when you have the flu, you know you have the flu. Right. So, that, I mean, it, it, is, it is a good analogy because if you get sick, you go in and get tested. It, it, you know, there are lots of people who don't get tested who probably have COVID because be, yeah. they don't, they don't, they're asymptomatic. Why would you get tested? If you don't have symptoms, unless you're a hypochondriac, are, are you going to be running in and going, oh, I got to go get myself tested today? I feel like I could have, even though I don't have any symptoms, yeah. I, I might have COVID. Of course, if you look around, uh, you find that hypochondriacs are about 10% of the population or more. <laughs> I, I think all of us know, know one or two, right? Uh, uh, I, I know I grew up with some. Jerry writes in, says, Mike, I listen to you and Chris every morning. Love your show. But I noticed over the last year, you seem to flip-flop a lot on your opinions on wearing masks and getting COVID. Why? Or getting COVID vaccine, sorry. Getting the COVID vaccine. Why? I, it, I, I don't think we flip-flopped. I think we've always said that. You know, when uh, when the word says wear a mask, just do it. And uh, when they want you to get a vaccine, just do it and your life will be considerably easier. I've never flip flop on masks. I don't like masks. I don't think they work. I've been told by medical professionals that they don't work. And here's the other thing about masks. If they work, why do we have to have six feet yeah. of distance? Why, if they work, why do we uh, have to distance ourselves six feet? That's that's the one main telling thing to me 
that masks don't work because you have medical professionals say, wear a mask and make sure you're distancing yourself six feet from people. Well, it's like saying, I mean, my, my crash helmet didn't work because, you know, when I jumped off a 400-foot cliff and hit the ground, my head broke. Not sure how that compares, but okay. <laughs> it means every little thing, every little thing contributes. You can be wearing a motorcycle helmet, uh, you know, but uh, if if you're falling 700 feet onto uh, concrete or something, your motorcycle helmet will probably be of minimum help to you. Oh, okay. Um, However, in most situations, it will. Yeah, but here's the thing: with masks, tell me how um, uh, the virus who is much 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 smaller than the openings of the mask keeps it inside it, it doesn't that and no, that's what I, i've had medical professionals at, at, at you know most tell me personally that why they don't think the mask at most it would be like a fishing net and it would catch a few yeah uh it now works against spittle everybody sprays spit when they talk or you mm-hmm. know if you cough now it does work against that but as far as breathing it it's not going to work i've known i've known people who should serve a towel when they talk yeah. Now that mask wearing would work for those people. In all instances, not just COVID. KBY News Time, 715. Time for another check on sports. Jerk chicken is the uh, soup of the day. It's soup season. Get in for salad, sandwich, wrap. Remember, every sandwich at Fat Guy's Fresh Deli can be turned into a wrap or salad. Get in today for lunch. Good morning. Looking at the Boise State women's basketball team, they had its two-game winning streak snapped at Wyoming. Wyoming beat the Broncos in Laramie last night, 61-47, to to gain a split of the series after Boise State won on its home floor last week. The Broncos had trouble scoring, shooting only 28%. Coach Presnell spoke post-game. It's really reminiscent of our game with them in the in Mount West Tournament last year where uh, they just kind of controlled us defensively. We never established post play whatsoever. Uh, and then, you know, we started jacking up some shots and just didn't, didn't execute. I thought we had great effort for the first two and a half quarters. I was really proud of them. Trista Hull scored eight points and grabbed a career-high 11 rebounds. The Broncos now 3-5 and five of the Mountain West will travel to San Jose State for a Saturday afternoon game. Bob Beeler, News Talk, KBOI. As a reminder, the Boise State men's basketball team will be back in action on Friday when they head to Fresno State. There was one men's basketball game that was held in the Mountain West last night, Utah State defeating San Diego State 75-57. to Other games set to be played this week, it'll be Wyoming at Air Force, UNLV at Colorado State, San Jose State will head to New Mexico. Then there's one game on Saturday, it'll be Utah State at Nevada. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 721, Jeremiah Bates with us once again to talk about your money. Stock market up 185 points on the Dow, head of the opening. But as we've seen uh, almost every day this year, that means absolutely nothing. <laughs> Um, I want to talk about, we had mentioned this yesterday, uh, getting you to talk about with, with the up and down and roller coaster ride uh, that the market seems to be enjoying and the fact that we still have three or four um, interest rate hikes coming this year. Is there something we should be looking at as far as an investment that might be better than what we've been investing in over the last four or five years? Yeah, I mean, 
I, I hate to say this, um, but it really depends, right? And I would be remiss if I didn't make this point before we kind of get into the to the weeds of what like sectors and what spots of the market can potentially outperform this year. And I will say this: if, the, if this recent market action has you a bit emotional or stressed, I highly suggest you reevaluate where your objective is. When we talk about risk, in my opinion, people's emotions are often the biggest risk. If you don't have a plan or a strategy set, get one in place because. Markets drive markets are a tremendous driver of growth and financial well-being over a long period of time. So what's the worst thing you can do to compound interest? It's get in getting in the way of it. So markets go markets are volatile. Historically they are, but over the most recent sample set that we've had, we've seen the market really do nothing but go up. So just don't let don't make a knee-jerk reaction or a, uh, a, a decision just based out of the emotion because you feel a little nervous about what the market's doing. Okay, so assuming that you are a long time and a long-term investor, because time determining the time of your dollars is the most important thing, in my opinion. Um, value-oriented stocks are really, in my opinion, a great place to be. These are companies that have historically paid a solid dividend. So a good example of this is the dividend aristocrat list. So the dividend aristocrat are companies within the S&P 500 that have paid and increased its dividend every year for the past 25 consecutive years. So if you're talking about woes about inflation or pricing pressure and things like that, being in a spot where a good solid dividend paying company is a great spot to be. Because even if that price action fluctuates on you, you can be you can feel pretty good about that consistent dividend paying to you. So at least you're still getting something. Oh, by the way, if the stock if the price of that stock goes down and that dividend remains the same, your effective yield actually goes up. So looking at those dividend paying stocks, dividend aristocrat list is a great place to look. Um Looking at more like a cyclical stock, cyclical sectors like the energy sector, I think has got some momentum going this year. If you're looking at kind of regional exposure, it's hard to bet against the U.S. Um, I'm definitely overweight in U.S. companies. Fundamentals look good. Corporate earnings are still looking good. Definitely over international, just because the way that they're handling the pandemic and shutdowns and things like that, it's it's kind of compressing their economy. So. If we're kind of kind of recap, if you're an investor, I mean, if you're driving in the work, you're a few years out from retirement, really determine the timeline of your money. That that's number one. And if you're long term, stay inside U.S. If we're looking kind of in the in the short to midterm as far as equity sectors of the market where you feel like you can actually get some outperformance, dividend paying value stocks. I do like the small cap sector too, not the mega caps, kind of the smaller smaller cap companies within the United States and the energy sector as well. So should I just go out and look for whoever's paying the highest dividends? <laughs> well, it's not that easy because then again, without risk, I mean, no reward without risk. So if you're looking for a company that pays a higher dividend, the question is, has it sustained that dividend? Has Does it have the ability to maintain that dividend? So you can go back and look at a chart. And I, what, what I really like doing is finding companies that have been under, you know, go back to the Great Recession or really times of market turmoil. Has that company continued to pay its dividend? Or did it pause its dividend? Did it drop its dividend? Those companies you generally want to stay away from. But yeah, so you, there's there's more to it than just finding the highest paying dividend because you know, there's, but I will say this companies are ripe with cash right now. So their ability to cover that dividend payout is much higher than it's been in the past as well. Is, is the market generally affected when a new Supreme Court justice is chosen? Uh, I mean, it's historically, I mean, it's just kind of another drop in the pot. So 
I mean, is it going to be a huge driver of it? No, there's much bigger dynamics going on that's driving the market. Particularly recently was the Fed meeting, Jerome Powell coming out, making some statements, even though I feel like that reaction got out of the way yesterday as we're seeing futures bump a little bit today. Um, but I just think what you what you got happening with the geopolitical turmoil, the the interest rates, inflation, those are taking precedent of what's driving the market right now. Jeremiah Bates, once again, great to talk to you. Uh, we'll get an update on the market here. I'm sure it'll be completely different than what it is right now, an hour from right now. Opening coming up here in just about four minutes, uh, but up almost 200 points uh, ahead of that opening. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, gents. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you uh, want to get through, you can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Email in says, morning, I totally understand Chris's helmet analogy. I liken the mask and distancing and vaccine and staying home and whatever else you can do to ward off COVID to bring safe uh, in your car on the road. Oh, to being safe, I think is what he meant to say. Mm-hmm. You have speed limits and anti-lock brakes and airbags and seatbelts and rearview cameras and what other uh, other safety features your car has to protect you. It's just one more thing to help you feel safe uh, or keep you safe. One alone might not save you, but having as many as possible will help you walk away from a crash. Oh, good. I'm glad somebody did understand that. Yeah. Uh, Here's the thing, though. All those are proven to help in a car crash. Wearing a mask is not proven to help when it comes to protecting you against a virus, whether it's COVID or flu or whatever. Again, though, there's got to be something to a mask simply because, you know, surgeons wear them. And do you know why the reason surgeons wear them? To keep from, I don't know, dropping spit into a patient, something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not. It, it's not to keep from breathing in the air that, you know, everybody else is breathing in. It's specifically so that particles don't Nothing get into out. the mouth or right, open yeah. wound or anything, anything like that. And that's that's surgical masks that they're yeah. doing, not the cloth masks that, you know, that that we wear. Well, yeah, they already mentioned the last week that the cloth masks uh, are somewhat worthless. For yeah, for but, Om- for Omicron especially. But the, what is it? The N95. Is that that's what? It, yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, N95 mask. Right. And like I said, I, I had a checkup last week, and I talked with a medical professional, and I was complaining about having because you're required to wear the mask when when you go in, and I was complaining about it, and. Uh, they said, and they know where where I work, and they said I would never say this, you know, uh, in public, and you can't mention my name if you talk about it um, or where I work, but masks are worthless. And I, I said, okay, I, I'd already thought that myself, but I go, you're a medical professional, and, you know, why is it? And they just explained because the particles in a virus are a thousand times smaller than the openings in a mask. Even even is, the N95 masks have is, much, is much mask, larger openings than a virus. Is a mask then like a seatbelt? I mean, you can get into an accident wearing a seatbelt and you can die, but you've got a better chance of living if you're wearing a seatbelt. Um, is it I, like that? I kind of I liken it to your analogy with the, the helmet. You know, if you fall, if you fall from a, a high height yeah. with a helmet on, if your helmet is made out of mesh, yeah, it, is it, it going protects, to protect you? No, it not really. You, it protects you in normal circumstances, but not extreme ones. It, it makes you feel better basically what it does uh, yeah which uh, that's what george carlin used to say tsa was for anyway now we had had uh, the person before who had written an email and asked why i flip-flop and i i admit i have flip-flopped on 
the vaccination. Um, I, I had a year ago when the vaccine was out and they started saying, hey, the vaccine doesn't protect you from getting COVID. It doesn't protect you from passing COVID on. Um, I, I flat out on this show said, then why in the hell are we getting vaccinated if it doesn't protect you from that? But once again, as more and more data came in, we find out that exactly. it protects you from dying. It gives you a better chance of not getting super sick and staying in the hospital or having to go to ICU. So my thought process changed as more data came in on the vaccinations. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people still say, well, you got a 98% chance of living okay. if you yeah. if you get covid <laughs> of being fine yeah uh, and i get that i i get that there's only about a two percent chance but here's the thing if you're vaccinated you have um a 50 percent better chance of living uh, and i'll t- i mean that's a big percentage you have a 50 percent chance better of living better chance of living if you're vaccinated than if you're not vaccinated even I, though I that's just a two percent chance of dying the philosophy in in most things that are health related is every little bit helps. You know, there there might not be one thing that cures what's wrong with you, but there might be a combination of things that really work well. Yeah, and I I, I get the whole thing. Some of the stuff doesn't make sense with masks. You know, it's like, hey, you got to wear a mask. You know, if you're in the airport, you're sitting 12 inches apart from somebody. Oh, but you can take it off if you're going to be drinking or eating. If you're in a restaurant, you have to wear a mask in a restaurant. But once you sit down, you can take that off and be there for hours. It, it, some of that stuff just makes you know absolutely no sense. I think a lot of it is done just to make people feel better. What I hate about it is the, the anti-maskers and the pro-maskers ridiculing each other. Well, I mean, that's the American way, isn't it? <laughs> I guess. Uh, let's get a check on sports one final time this morning. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Don't forget, jerk chicken today. That's the chicken of the day. They open up at 1030 for lunch. Get into Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Find out why they're the rated number one deli in the state of Idaho. Good morning. The Boise State men's basketball team has the nation's second longest winning streak behind top-ranked Auburn after Davidson lost last night to VCU. The Broncos tied the Boise State school record for consecutive wins with 13. They'll go for number 14 tomorrow night at Fresno State. Coach Rice talked about what he's learned about his team during the winning streak. It's their response to all these situations that we've been in that has been impeccable. That's what great players and great teams are able to do is they, they're not absence of mistakes. They're, they just uh, tend to have the perfect response when they make those mistakes. And we've been able to recalibrate it and, and have that, that response that's enabled us to go and win those games. And If the Broncos can beat Fresno State to go to 8-0 in the Mountain West tomorrow, they could have the nation's longest winning streak if Auburn were to lose to Oklahoma on Saturday. Bob Beeler, Newstalk, KBOI. There was one game in the Mountain West last night. Utah State was at home and defeated San Diego State 75-57. to There are a number of games set for Friday, one of them being Boise State at Fresno State. I'm Rick Worthington. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Another example of uh, why I just don't understand the vitriol of people who are either on the pro-mask side or the anti-mask side 
ridiculing uh, the opinions of doctors or other just normal people. Just got a perfect example of that. And I will tell you once again, for those of you people who call into our radio station, our producer, Nathaniel, does not get paid enough money for you to yell at them, ridicule him. Uh, (laughs) Same with Sophie in the afternoon. They don't get paid enough. That's not their job to listen to you ridicule them. Now, if you want to ridicule me, get on the get on get on the radio. We will gladly put you if you have a, a different opinion. And the person who called was basically asking Nathaniel how he could allow me to continue to talk about my opinion <laughs> of not thinking that masks work. Here, my opinion just isn't it isn't just made up. By the way, I mean I do a lot of research. February 2022, U.S. Surgeon General Jerome Adams tweeted. Serious people, stop buying masks. They're not effective in preventing general public from catching coronavirus. March of 2022, or 2020, World Health Organization um, wrote, Mike Ryan wrote, there is no specific evidence suggests that wearing a mask by the mass population has any particular benefit. 2010 study in France, led by a PhD in ep- uh, epidemiology and biostatistics, included, we did not identify any trends in the results of suggesting effectiveness of fast ma- face masks, rather, against viruses once again a covid particle is around 100 nanometers material gaps and blue surgical masks that you're seeing a lot of people wear is a thousand times that size masks are also to be worn once and thrown away nobody wears a mask once goes to their car throws it in the garbage and and grabs a new mask out of their car to go to their next place actually i'm married to somebody who does that she's one of the few yeah, we've been getting shipments of uh, various kinds of masks, and the, the latest, you know, the, the ones they recommend, N95, uh, from Amazon for, for months. And so uh, she follows the rules. I mean, you know, she, when she comes back from one place, she just throws it in the trash. Now, th- there's a lot of studies that include that masks essentially useless against COVID, but not all. Uh, probably one of the most widely cited studies on behalf of masks uh, was published by the British Medical Journal uh, in, in October of last year. But it was hardly a ringing endorsement. Authors wrote that the quality of current evidence would be graded as low or very low as it consists of observational studies with poor methods. So, I I mean, it's on both sides. And if you want to talk to your doctor, this is the same thing. Talk to your doctor and then make the best decision for yourself. Stop yelling at people that don't agree with you. Just because I don't think that masks necessarily work there are people in this building that believe masks work 100 percent. i don't yell at them and call them stupid like you just did to nathaniel on the phone once again our producers here for this radio station do not get paid enough for you to yell at them if you want to yell at somebody you can yell at chris and i we encourage you if you have a differing differing opinion like if you want to correct our grammar or something my grammar's dead don't be correcting my grammar <laughs> 208. How, about your, how about your grandpa? <laughs> That's fine. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Once again, if you're trying to text us, text line is down this morning, so we apologize. You'll have to email us if you must write in. You can do that at chris at kboi.com or mike at kboi.com. We'll take more of your phone calls and emails. Don't forget, today is Thursday, House of Representatives today. There were a lot of uh, bills taken up this week. We'll uh, talk about some of those coming up here in about 35 minutes. And the Dow, by the way, um, up now over 400 points off to a good start but uh, based on what's happened so far this year I- i'm sure that will change shortly
day from 10 to 1. It's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. One man in Boston is reportedly facing dire consequences for not getting the vaccine. The family of DJ Ferguson says the 31-year-old father desperately needs a heart transplant but is not eligible because he has not gotten the shot. My son is going to the edge of death to stick to his guns. The hospital saying, like other transplant programs in the United States, the COVID vaccine is one of several vaccines and lifestyle behaviors required for transplant candidates in the Mass General Brigham system in order to create both the best chance for a successful operation and also the patient's survival after transplantation. You know, we're having the uh, conversation this morning about uh, COVID. This story is uh, out this week. I've heard uh, some people, you know, claim that maybe we should be doing this with all medical procedures, which you couldn't do. Doing, um, doing what? With them? If you if you aren't vaccinated, then you're not allowed to be able to enter into a hospital. Oh, you're not allowed to get okay. treated in a hospital. Um, you know that that's not you know legal to do that in this particular instance. Though, what are your thoughts on when it comes to transplants, especially a heart transplant? In, there are a lot of rules when you are a transplant uh, patient waiting, like for a liver or kidneys or things like that. There are certain things that they won't let you do, and if you do exhibit those behaviors, they will probably remove you from the list or put you further down. I for have, instance, for instance, if you're waiting for you know a liver transplant and you just have a drink every now and then. I have no problem with this. And if this person was removed for some other um, medical reason and we weren't in the land of COVID as we are right now, this probably wouldn't even be a news story. It's a little bit interesting that here's a guy willing to put his uh, life in the hands of surgeons who are going to take out his heart and put in a new one, but he doesn't trust them to vaccinate him. Plus the fact that you have to take a lot of medicine, some of those vaccinated, some <laughs> intravenous, um, when you get a transplant so that you don't get rejection. So you're putting stuff into your body. My father has been waiting for a kidney transplant for a number of years now. And there are, there are certain things that he must follow if he wants to be on that list. He's near the top of the list, and he had at one point gotten... To the point where there was somebody who had passed away, they were a donor, and his kidney was going to be available, and my father was supposed to be tested to see if he was going to be able to get it. He went in for his checkup, and he had tested positive for the flu. So he had had the flu. He still had uh, flu virus within his body, and that immediately eliminated him from going any further in the test to see if he was a match to get that kidney. Which is too bad, but, you know, that's, that's what happens. I mean, some, if, if the conditions aren't right, you don't want to be transplanting organs from somebody. Well, and here's, here's the, another point to that. There are so few hearts available because, you know, if you don't have your heart, <laughs> you're going to die. 
So the person that is giving up their heart has, you know, for whatever reason, been brain dead or, or whatever. So there, are so there are so few hearts available. You want those hearts to have the best chance of remaining viable and allowing that person to live for as long as possible. What was the old line? Organ donorship has gone down because many people consider it an imposition. <laughs> you know, so I don't have a problem with this if, you know, it, it's, it's backed up that, hey, if you're vaccinated, this will give you an extra added chance of continuing to live. I suppose, in his case. It just seems like whatever the doctors say at this point, you know, if they're this close to giving you a brand new heart, whatever the doctors tell you to do, I would be doing. I don't care. The shots aren't safe. Getting a heart transplant really isn't necessarily that safe either. No, I would say it's probably a little more risky than a vaccination. Yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 uh, on your Verizon wireless. Um We've got some emails in, Mike, at KBOI.com. Why do you make me write you? No name on this, by the way. The vax only helps the most elderly among us. The rest might actually be increasing harming our immune systems with each added shot. We might, with all the shots given in an epidemic, be helping to create an antibody enhancement situation where our antibodies actually begin helping the virus rather than our bodies. The advantage only the elderly have the disease might not outweigh the side effects the rest of the population will endure. There were a lot of mites there. I'd like to know wh- where might you have gotten your, your degree in, in epidemiology. No, just, just your source of that information. Yeah. That. I, mean, I mean, it's easy to say you might. I mean, everything might do something. I mean, you, you just go on the best case scenario and the information that you have right now. You're right. Maybe somewhere down the road maybe there might possibly be problems with the vaccine 20 years from now that we find as of right now, we don't have that. So you have to, you have to live based on, on the information that you have because down the road, there might not be any long-term effects also. Jan in Boise writes in and says, how selfish is it that the unvaccinated person gets a new heart? He gets COVID next week and dies. That new heart was wasted. And you might think about the donor family. Ned, we got about 30 seconds here. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hey, yeah, I heard your comment. Thank you, guys. And I appreciate getting on so quickly. Um, you, I heard you guys talk about, hey, maybe, you know, you should have a vaccine before you even go into a hospital. But back in 2000, I believe it was Obama's first term pushing the health care. There was no requirement for pre-existing conditions to get treatment. Now, all of a sudden, we're putting all these requirements on just to get into a hospital, as you say. No, I think, right. I think you that's misinterpreted a, I, I said that you can't do that. Yeah. They, yeah. If there weren't a pandemic. Oh, you can't go into a hospital if you don't, you're not vaccinated? Yeah. No, I I, even they, think they, yeah, they can't turn you down, say you have a heart attack, and you go into a hospital and say, sorry, you're not vaccinated, we're not going to work on you. Legally, they can't do that. There are some people who no. want to do that, but you can't legally do that. Right, and I think this uh, getting a COVID vaccine for a heart transplant is following along those same lines because we know that these vaccines are killing people and they're causing serious side effects, especially the people that have heart problems. Okay, but here's here's the the thing. There are so... Thank you. We're going to have to move on here real quickly, but I just wanted to say, uh, yeah, there, vaccines uh, do have side effects. Vaccines do kill. There is no 100% safe vaccine for anything. Um, 
but there are so few people being killed by the vaccines as compared to the number of people being killed by COVID. And those are backed up just by, by data. Um, it, it's, it's like a thousand times less number of people being killed by the vaccines and by COVID. Didn't you hear the latest? I mean, you know, there were apparently thousands of athletes dropping dead on the court. Yeah, that's not true. And I guess it just never made the news. Uh, KVOI Newstime 815. Let's get a uh, check on Bronco Sports today. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. Four tickets to the Boise Golf and Travel Show is up for grabs. Brendan is going to get the first crack at it this morning. Brendan, the phrase cut to the chase means skip all the boring Details get to the exciting part, but where does that phrase originally come from? All right. So that phrase came from uh, early film studios, silent films. That is exactly right. 100% correct. Yes. Uh, When movies were usually uh, long love stories that ended with a thrilling chase scene, people would say, hey, let's just cut to the chase. Men, skip all that boring, lovey-dovey romance stuff uh, and get to the exciting part. Or even the Keystone Cups, same deal. Yeah, same deal. It's boring. Cut to the chase. Uh, congratulations. You've got four tickets to the golf and uh, travel show. Hang on the line. We've got more tickets to give away for you uh, coming up throughout the rest of the week. If you didn't get a chance to win, don't worry. Another chance coming your way uh, tomorrow morning. News coming up next at the bottom of the hour. And then uh, today we're talking to uh, members of the House of Representatives, State House of Representatives. We've got uh, Democratic Representative Sally Toon, District 26 in Gooding, and Representative Greg Cheney, District 10 in Caldwell, that we'll be talking to this morning about things going on, business in the Idaho legislature this week. That's on the way after news at the bottom of the hour. Mm. 670 KBOI covers the Idaho legislature, all of the issues, all of the debates. Today, we have Idaho State representatives joining Casper and Chris on 670 KBOI. 838, he's Chris Walton, I'm Mike Casper, and on the phone with us uh, this morning, Democratic Representative Sally Toon of District 26 in Gooding. Uh, House Minority Caucus Chair, member of the House Agricultural Affairs Committee, House Commerce and Human Resources Committee, and also the House Education Committee and the Ways and Means Committee. Uh, Thanks for being with us this morning, Representative. Well, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. You're on the House uh, Education uh, Committee, and uh, one of the uh, bills brought up uh, this week has to do with health insurance and uh, for Idaho teachers. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yes. This week we had the bill that created the ability for school teachers and school districts to buy into the state insurance plan. This is so overdue and such a blessing to our teachers. It will be an option. Some school districts that have large numbers, you know, it's an economy of scale. They can buy insurance and create a pool. Our poor small rural school districts are paying three, 5,000 deductible policies and $1,500 a month for the families, they've lost their buying power and their paycheck. This is just a blessing. What are, what are teachers What are teachers having to do now? Well, most school districts every, have to bid out their own insurance plan. And when you only have 60 on your plan, your plans are expensive when they go out to be bid every couple of years. If you have, you know, 2,000 to 3,000 employees, you're 
insurance companies will give you a better rate because you've got a bigger pool when you work insurances. And our school rural school districts, by the time you have to save for deductibles of three and four thousand dollars and then pay every month eleven hundred to fifteen hundred dollars a premium, there goes your paycheck. We're one of the, you know, lowest paid in the in the ranks and it's like, oh, the state policy makes such a large pool as state employees that totally changes. Our deductibles are lower, our premiums are lower because we now have a bigger pool to buy into. It is a blessing. Now, um I'm excited. The uh, price tag on this uh, estimated to be about 105 million a year plus a one-time buy-in fee of up to 75 and a half million dollars. Um where does that money come from? Is this is this specifically coming from our 1.9 billion dollar surplus um or or is this money coming from someplace else? A little bit of every a little bit of both of those. It, it will come from <clears throat> the buy-in will be somewhat from the 1.9 surplus, but we're going to phase out the leadership premiums, which will, you know, it's always been a question. Do you give salary or do you give health insurance? That's been a conversation for teachers forever. And so this gives them the ability to have both the ongoing. We always give discretionary money to school districts and that's where most of the discretionary funds go has been for health insurance. So it's kind of a wash in that respect once we the, get the program up and going. The House uh, passed that yes. Day of Tears resolution, and uh, I was just wondering, what was the debate like uh, for that? <clears throat> the Day of Tears, most of the debate, including my own, was we all have different ideology. That's respectful, but the portion of the resolution that asks citizens to lower the flags and everything is disrespectful to all our American citizens and the American flag. It is out and out against the flag code, which is part of the uh, statute federally and by the state. Resolutions cannot extend statutes. And I feel, as all citizens of the United States, it was very disrespectful, the portion about the flag. And that was what was brought up extensively in the debate in both the House and Senate, was the disrespect for the American flag that was in that resolution. But it did pass both the House and Senate now, It right? did pass, yeah. And what's really sad is, technically, it goes nowhere you cannot use a resolution to extend or violate statute. Even the attorney general says, one, it's unconstitutional because we have an American flag code that was adopted in 1942, and it even violates Idaho Code um, 67802. So it's a mute point. It can't oversee statute. So it means really nothing. It's interesting because uh, Representative Gary Marshall, a Republican from Idaho Falls, said that some lawmakers uh, may feel compelled to vote yes, even though they might not agree with it, or as you just said, think that it, it's not legal. 
uh, but they don't want it to be misconstrued or mistaken that their stance on abortion might be one way or the other. Unfortunately, that did happen. I truly believe that. It's an election year. And we've got, you know, people vying for votes. Oh, we got to stand up for this. We cannot do things that are unconstitutional or violate statute. I don't care what the, the point is. Our job is not to waste taxpayers' money on things that mean absolutely nothing. Because this what, can go, go absolutely nowhere. Yeah. What would you like to, to see done with the, uh, the surplus? Well, I'm a teacher. I think surplus is kind of a, a misnomer. We have programs in our state that need to be done. It's like, I've got money in my pocket. Oh, I haven't paid my bills yet this month. We need to really take some of that money and put into programs that we haven't finished. We have roads and bridges, though the governor is going to use some of it on the infrastructure. We have bonds and levies. There's real property tax out there that we need to help our folks stay in their homes uh, with property tax release. We could um, help pay some of the one bonds and levies, mostly like surplus levies for our schools. We could help pay off some of those, which reduces surplus. We've got ambulance districts that can't function because we can't find personnel. We've got to start looking at some workforce development programs. So there's programs in our state I really would like us to invest in versus, you know, give me $75. Representative Sally Toon, District 26 and Gooding, thanks for taking a few minutes to uh, talk with us this morning. I know you've uh, got some meetings that you have to get to, but thanks for being with us this morning here on News Talk KBOI. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you, and have a great day. 670 KBOI covers the Idaho legislature, all of the issues, all of the debates. Today, we have Idaho State representatives joining Casper and Chris on 670 KBOI. 851, he's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Greg Cheney, District 10 in Caldwell on the phone with us this morning. Chair of the House Judiciary Rules and Administration Committee and a member of the House Revenue and Taxation Committee. Uh, Representative Cheney, thanks for being with us this morning. Thanks for having me. Let's start out uh, as a member of the House Revenue and Taxation Committee. Uh, So far, one of the main things talked about in this session is taxes. I want to get your thoughts. Um, Obviously, we've been talking about the income tax rebate and tax cuts, uh, property taxes, uh, grocery tax, about the only thing that people seem to agree on, and of course, because it is an election year, um, is tax relief in some way, shape, or form. Um, What would you, in those three things that are being talked about, put your priorities on, whether it's income tax cuts, property tax, or grocery tax? Well, I I would say the property tax is the most important thing to be addressed. it, It is a locally assessed tax. It is the only tax that, under state law, we allow locals to use. And so uh, that is that is partially a local issue, but we define the rules of the game here at the at the state level, and so I I would put that as priority number one. I I would next go to the to the income tax levels because we really are out of whack. Uh, there are some. It's really easy to misunderstand or or misrepresent where we're, Idaho's at on income taxes, but 
because you hear these stories of how the, the top in, you know the top brackets are, are low here already you know the top brackets in other states are way higher well it takes a million dollars in some cases to hit the top brackets in other states it takes twelve thousand dollars worth of taxable income in Idaho to be a quote unquote top wage earner and so we really when you uh, do the math we we aren't all that competitive when it comes to attracting professionals to the area or or businesses so I would say the income tax cut that that we have already uh, taken a, a pretty big bite out of to the tune of six hundred million dollars in total relief uh, earlier in the session we're just waiting for the Senate to follow suit I know it's not necessarily your committee but there is a proposed law out there now that would set an end date a set end date for the idaho legislature is this a good idea i think it's a good idea for us to end on time and get out of town like uh one of our founding fathers said no man is uh, is secure in his person or property while the legislature is in town <laughs> but I, I i don't think the law itself is, as proposed is constitutional frankly uh, the constitution gives each each house of, of the legislature, the House and the Senate, each can define their own rules of proceeding. And there and there's a um, provision in there where one side can't be adjourned for more than three days unless the other side agrees. So all that working together, I don't think that if we put something on, on the books as a statute, that a future legislature would actually be bound to that. I think the Constitution would override it. So I just don't, I just don't think that, uh, that that particular proposal uh, is going to, to overall gain traction. But be that as it may, we need to, I guess, take the message behind the proposal and get our work done and get out of here. When it comes to uh, property taxes, we've heard from legislators saying there's not a lot that the state can do because it's individual taxing districts' um, problem mainly. But what is it that the Idaho legislature can do to help with property taxes? Well, one thing, we need to start prioritizing Idahoans and how we set our, our Idaho tax policy. And so things such as the homeowner's exemption a few years ago, and I admit I, I went along with it, I voted with it. Uh, we decoupled the homeowner's exemption from uh, the value of the home, and we capped it at, at $100,000 in value. We increased that cap last year, but we need to, to recognize that our, our priority needs to be Idaho citizens, Idaho families, and, and that's a, a benefit that accrues to Idaho families. I would, I would say uh, even privately held rental property owned by somebody who is a, a resident should, should perhaps get a, a, a small, um, similar reduction, not nearly as large as, as a homeowner, but uh, we always hear, well, what about the renters when we talk about the homeowner's exemption? Uh, and in Really, that can that can have the effect of a tax shift if we don't kick things in from from some other tax source, such as at the state level. So you go back to when Jim Rich was governor for for that brief period of time, uh, and he offered a you know the reason we're at six percent sales tax is because that was supposed to pay down uh, and replace property tax revenues at the city and county level. It did, however, um, it it stayed permanent when it wasn't supposed to and and over time the benefit that we got dissolved uh, on the property taxes and so we need to find a way perhaps to to do that where we have solid revenues coming in from the the sales tax but find the source of why that wasn't lasting help 
uh, I asked uh, Representative Toon about the Day of Tears resolution. Uh, did you vote for it? I did. And why? Well, it was an expression of sentiment. A House resolution is an expression of sentiment. It's not binding on anybody. It's it's not requiring anything of anybody. So while I, I recognize the, the concerns about the uh, flag code and in keeping our, our, our uh, flag etiquette as it needs to be by tradition and by, by law, uh, it was it was nothing more than a, an expression of sentiment that we need to be reverent about the lives lost to abortion, and I I think that we can do that without uh, necessarily running afoul of anything because a House resolution, again, is is uh, a statement of a feeling, a right. statement of opinion, and it doesn't require the governor to do anything. Representative Greg Cheney, thanks for taking a few minutes to talk with us this morning. Appreciate it. I'm sure we'll talk to you before the end of the session, uh, especially if we go into December again this year. <laughs> but have yourself a great oh, day. My goodness, don't say that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. KBOI News Time is uh, 8.58. Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. pick in the 2004 NFL Draft. Pittsburgh Steelers select Ben Roethlisberger, quarterback, University of Miami. I don't know how to put into words what the game of football has meant to me and what a blessing it has been. While I know with confidence I have given my all to the game, I am overwhelmed with gratitude for all it has given me. A boy from Finley, Ohio with NFL dreams, developed in Oxford at Miami University, blessed with the honor of 18 seasons as a Pittsburgh Steeler and a place to call home. The journey has been exhilarating, defined by relationships and fueled by a spirit of competition. Yet the time has come to clean up my locker, hang up my cleats, and continue to be all I can be to my wife and children. I retire from football, a truly grateful man. Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Roethlisberger made the, that announcement just a little bit ago, officially retired from the uh, NFL. Boy, Justice Breyer and now Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> Must be something in the air, huh? The uh, Hall of Fame debate will begin. Do you think he is a uh, Hall of Famer? Roethlisberger? Yeah. yeah, I do. Do you? I think he will be, yeah. I think he's uh, just right on the cusp. I, I could go one way or, or the other with it. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, that he does get voted in. It also wouldn't surprise me that uh, he doesn't get voted in or it takes many years to get in. He was, uh, you know, a, a top quarterback, not probably the top quarterback in the NFL, but among the top five for, you know, a, a great number of those 18 years and, you know, also won the Super Bowl. So he probably will end up in the Hall of Fame at some point. The uh, other breaking news uh, that we have, uh, Indianapolis Colts defensive coordinator Nat Eberflus has been named head coach. There's a name that came out of nowhere of the uh, Chicago Bears. So that's uh, two guys now, Denver and uh, Chicago, that have hired people I've never heard of. <laughs> uh, Nathaniel Hackett hired uh, by the Denver. Th- that one does surprise me. I thought that that was going to be a, a bigger name uh, with some former um, – head coaching experience. Um, however, I do get it. If they really are going to go all in and trying to uh, get Aaron Rodgers, 
hiring uh, the offensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers might help in that quest. And that's, I, I think, what went into this. Nathaniel Hackett named his head coach last night of the Denver Broncos. Byron Leftwich, by the way, has also been named head coach um, at Tampa Bay offensive coordinator, um, head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Where he was quarterback for years. Look at that. One-third of the coaches hired uh, in new coaches um, are, are black. Ah. Well, great. Uh, the other interesting thing I was watching this morning uh, during our, our commercials, um, we have heard about celebrities and especially sports figures requiring more and more that they want to be played in digital currency, Bitcoin specifically. <laughs> um, Odell Beckham, for instance, uh, signed on with the uh, Los Angeles or the yeah Los this Angeles Rams. Is, and this is odd because he's usually never weird. <laughs> awake uh, when he when he except signed, when a, except when he's awake, he wanted to be paid in Bitcoin, which he was. So he got paid seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in Bitcoin. Um, as of yesterday, that had fallen to under $350,000. <laughs> he also lives and works in California, and California has a surcharge for um, sports figures, celebrities, all who work their high income, who get charged a 10% surcharge on their taxes. So he's paying over 50% in taxes on top of that. He's, he, he made about $160,000, $170,000 last year playing professional football. And and he probably could have made how much? Uh, he signed for the league minimum seven hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. That's the league minimum now. That's the league minimum now. But he wanted to play for a contender for a Super Bowl, and he got his oh, yeah. wish. They're playing for the NFC Championship this week. That's true. That's true. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pounds six seventy on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through this morning, uh, having some trouble with our text messaging. So, um, if you want to talk to us, call us. That's the easiest way to get on. Um, or email Chris at kboi dot com or Mike at kboi dot com. Um, we can Got talk about here. number of things. Go ahead, Chris. Mary wrote in and says, "Are we supposed to be impressed or proud that we live in a state where our lawmakers?" think it's more important to spend legislative time and money voting on expressing an illegal and non-enforceable sentiment instead of focusing on tax relief, infrastructure, and education. I hope those out-of-date elected officials will be content with their useless sentiment when the people wise up and vote for representatives who have better priorities. That is just absurd. What, uh, what was the name of that person again? Uh, Mary. Mary, uh, thanks for writing in and expressing my thoughts. <laughs> I, I'm serious. When I thought when I saw this, and, and it, it all goes back to some of the legislators that we have talked to about income tax, and um, about half the legislators that we've talked to have made the statement: nobody is calling my office, nobody is e- emailing me, say that we need income tax relief. My question would be: Well, how many emails and how many requests, phone requests, did you get that they want to 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 talk about lowering the flags to half staff? Probably not many there either. No, I, I'm but like property taxes is what they said people actually call and talk about. Yeah, um, and we found out last week. I, I had read you according to a survey, uh, the seventh annual survey put out by Boise State that uh, it's pretty equal to that what people want to have done in in this upcoming legislature. Property taxes and income tax relief were tied at about thirty seven percent. The main things that they wanted to have taken care of. Well, as far as that. Uh, lowering the flags resolution 
when I asked Greg Cheney about it, Representative Cheney, he just kind of said, well, basically it's just the legislature's way of telling everybody they don't like abortion, but probably nothing will happen. Right. So, I mean, Mary makes a great point. Why waste time, you know, talking about this in the same week that you're sitting there putting together a bill that you want the legislature to end at a certain date and not waste time in the legislature every year, which would save us in tax dollars. But as Representative Cheney um, said, and Representative Cheney is a lawyer, um, that would also be unconstitutional. Yeah, and and the bill that was a surprise to me anyway, because it seems like if you want to get out on time, then tackle your priorities, figure them out, get them passed, and leave on time with everything done. Mm-hmm. You know, don't make the thing that you spend all your time on a bill that says we have to get out of here. And this would be, a, I mean, I have no problem with, you know, talking about this or bringing up the uh, the flag. What was the bill called? Uh, um, something of Tears. Yeah, had a really um, catchy name. I can't off the top of my head. I can't remember, but it, it's it's basically flying, picking one day out of the year to fly the flag at half staff in memory of all the abortions that yeah. happened that year. And as you just mentioned, you know what? If you get all your business done and you're sitting there, and there's a week and a half left of the normal time that you would normally adjourn mm-hmm. the legislature. Then you can go into all these bills, you know, that might <laughs> not mean a thing it's anyway day. because they're unconstitutional. It's, it's just day of tears. I was going to say day of tears. of tears. There you go. Thank you. Trail of tears, but that was Native Americans. Was, yeah, this that was just day of tears. That was something else. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pounds six seventy on your Verizon wireless. Other things people are talking about uh, today. Get your thoughts on. Um, we've got some emails in uh, talking about the man being denied a heart transplant. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about that. If you want to talk about uh, Biden. Um, and his Supreme Court nominee, we don't know who it is going to be as of yet. We know that they're going to be black and they're going to be a woman because that's what he promised. Jen Psaki yesterday uh, also reiterated that that will be the case. So um, if you're Hispanic, if you're a man, if you're Native American, if you're white, you have no chance of being the next, no matter how good um, you are at your job, also, you have no chance at being the next Supreme Court justice. Yeah, also, if you didn't go to law school. If you didn't go to law school, you also have no chance <laughs> of being the next Supreme Court justice. Is this discrimination? 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Tonight, Tracy Ferguson speaking out because her 31-year-old son, DJ, can't. He's waiting on a heart transplant, but is being denied because he won't get the COVID vaccine. My son's in the hospital. And he needs a heart transplant. She says DJ has been fighting for his life at Brigham and Women's Hospital. But she says he's been told he's not eligible due to hospital policy. I couldn't believe it. And then he said to the doctor, so you're going to let me die. She says her son is concerned about the side effects of the vaccine. He's not an anti-vaxxer or whatever they call it. But, you know, he's compromised. The Mayo Clinic listed on their website the myocarditis, pericarditis, and blood clots. In a statement, Brigham and Women's Hospital saying, like many other transplant programs in the United States, the COVID-19 vaccine is one of several vaccines and lifestyle behaviors required for transplant candidates in the Mass General Brigham system. 
208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, your thoughts on uh, this possible heart transplant? He, he's only 31 years old. And when you, when you transplant a heart into someone, you want that heart to last as long as possible. Certainly. You want them to be as healthy as possible. Um, does it, is this a Pandora's box? Do you start opening up other problems and saying, well, you know what? If you haven't had uh, COVID vaccine, we're not going to do this medical procedure either. I think they're already doing that. Other than heart transplants? Probably. I haven't heard, I haven't heard if they're able to do that or not. Uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily have a problem with this. There are so few hearts that are available for heart transplants. Mm-hmm. There is so much, you know, they if you're... They want you to follow all the rules yeah. simply to make it more likely that you are the candidate who uh, will last the longest with the new heart. Your body is pumped full of other things besides COVID when you get a heart transplant because you want the best chance that your body does not reject that heart. You want your chance to be the best that you're, you don't die from something like COVID when somebody else who has had the COVID shot, and once again, I'm just going off data here, uh, data shows that you have less a chance of dying from COVID if you are vaccinated. So when they make the rules, I, I, do you have a problem with this as far as making the rules? I know that uh, Boston, where he is, has uh, a, a large number of hospitals and a large number of hospital systems. They're not all just one system. And apparently it's just this one particular system, the Brigham, because uh, it's Brigham and Women's Hospital is where he is. But uh, apparently it's just that one system who has said that's a rule of theirs and you can't get a transplant without it. I just wonder, you know, are there other facilities uh, nearby who will accommodate him? Yeah. But once again, then don't you have to have the heart? Well, yeah, it, that, it all comes down to that. Yeah, yeah. because, yeah, I mean, you can, one's available. you can be on a list for a very long time. And like I said, I, I, I only uh, know this for kidneys. And the availability of kidneys is much more ready available, readily available because everybody has two. Most people have two. Yeah. You know, everybody only has uh, one heart. And there's so much you have to go through. Number one, you know, the, the person has to be brain dead. They have to be a donor. Um, and then you have to have a match on top of that. That's true. There are a number of people who still, uh, you know, do not like the idea of having their organs harvested. And so they don't donate. I'm not going to use them after. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an organ donor. And I, I, I get it if you don't want to be. But, I mean, you're not going to use it after you're dead. You're not going to come back and God's going to go, hey, why don't you just take your old body? You liked it so much. As far as we know. <laughs> as far as we know. Yeah. Stephen Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Well, you got to realize, too, God is a great physician. He can fix anything, even if you don't have it. He can bring and fabricate one right in your body and make you function without it. So, anyway, you guys know my medical history here with my wife and stuff. Yeah. We we talked to 26 medical professionals while we were dealing with her death, and they all, to almost exclusion, said that there was some stuff going on in the medical industry. We watched it, and, you know, it was a result of Obamacare and him trying to put the medical profession under government control. 
And that's basically where we are now. You know, the the insurance companies tried to do that with the HMOs back in the 18 or 1980s and eight, 1990s. And so there's been this long-going battle to control health through government. And that's where we're at today. And it's become no more apparent to me than with this uh, pandemic or plandemic, as I call it. I still think it's politically motivated but you know somebody some think i'm misinformation but you know what i've 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 seen a lot of things in my life and uh you know when when you have people like Rahm Emanuel saying never let a good crisis go to waste it it just fuels that fire for me and i just you know i can't help but think that our medical profession would be so much better off with the government not in control you know, competition is something that just drives our society. I mean, that's why well, we get so up and is, go to work in the morning. So occasionally uh, is collusion. ourselves. <laughs> well, you know, call it what you want, but you know what? Government does that. You know, why do we outsource our production in this country to China? Uh you know, you can call that collusion too, because well, because because they'll they'll work for twelve cents an hour, and everybody here well, wants at least fifteen dollars an hour. Well, I know that, but does it make sense to to take our natural resources here, ship them across the Pacific Ocean to China, and then ship them back? Is it that important that we save a dollar, or is it more important that our country thrives because we're Americans and and we have this system that no one else in the well, not nobody else, but stockholders, people in the world have a chance to to function it's, with. It's true, but stockholders always vote for this, you know, getting a dollar. Yeah, Steve, thank you for the call. Thanks for the thoughts. Appreciate it. Uh, Lee Meridian, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hey, um, I still think that the side effects and the real data from the harm of the vaccine obviously is not being published. Um, we've had numerous doctors been uh, interviewed in videos that are coming out where they, they've testified that they don't, there's no system or, or they don't have time. There's no enforcement of reporting the, the, the bad issues that are happening with the vaccine. And I don't know if you've, you've seen it, but online there is there's a guy that's putting together, he's done a compilation of videos from professional and collegiate athletes from all over the world who are collapsing and dying on the field within two weeks of having the vaccine. Now, who who of, is this guy you speak of? Condition. I don't recall his name. You could just go do a Google search and yeah, I, I have, I have before. And those, uh, that's why I ask specifically because when we've talked about this in the past, um, all those were debunked. Uh, Reuters did a fact check on it and said it is not true. FIFA has come out said it is not true uh, because there were one claim from on a social media post that 108 FIFA soccer players had dropped on uh, the pitch uh, during games after they received the vaccine. So that's why well, I specifically ask, who is this doctor that's saying that? Because none of the stuff that I've Googled, none of, none of it has been true. No, I'm not saying it's a doctor. I'm not saying it's a doctor, but it is a guy, that, it is a guy that's been putting, compiling videos of these athletes actually falling. You can actually see them just dropping, 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 dropping. And they, and they did a medical... And, uh, you, you have watched this? 
Yeah, I watched it. I watched hmm. it. You can just go Google it. I, I okay. like I said, I don't remember the guy's name, and he was not a doctor. He was just saying he's up. He said he's up to over four hundred um, people, athletes, dropping because of heart conditions, and many of them dying. And and of course, it's just not reported. And, and to be honest with you, like, so you, who who's behind the being able? And I, I'm sorry, we're running late here. So, but I just want who's behind keeping this off media and not allowing anybody to report it if it's happening. I don't know. That's the problem, though. Is throughout this past two years, the the media has completely shifted their bias. But I mean, there, there's there's oh there's censored. thousands and thousands of media outlets throughout the entire world. So who is the one person behind it that would be able to stop all these media outlets from reporting it? Because this would be big news if this was really happening, that 400 people well, I mean, were proven to have dropped right. and died because they received the COVID vaccine while playing professional sports. That would be a huge story, and it's not being reported anywhere. So who's behind not... There's a lot of... There's a lot of huge stories that are going unreported in the last two years. Name, name one. Name, name one. A lot of name no, what, not, one what? You said there's a lot of huge stories going unreported. Name one huge stories over the last few years. Have, have, okay, stay right I'll where you're at. We're gonna. I'm gonna give you a chance to even think about that. Uh, go I'll go ahead. Stay right, right there. We're go ahead. Okay. So did you watch Jim Jordan's test? No, just give me the story. I, don't ask me a question. Hold on right there. We've got to take a break here. I'm gonna, we're going to come back to you, let you get, come, get your thoughts together, and tell me the one big, huge story that has not been reported by anybody over the last few years. We'll do that when we come back from news next. Broadcasting from the Empire Tidal Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Tonight's Fact or Fiction is brought to you by America's Finest Carpet. And in tonight's Fact or Fiction, we are looking into a video that's been making the rounds on social media. It claims to show a compilation of athletes feigning because they apparently took the COVID-19 vaccine, but it's a complete hoax. Now, the first clip shows Denmark's Christian Eriksson collapsing during a soccer game back in June after suffering a heart attack, but he wasn't even vaccinated. Other clips in the video show various athletes in sports ranging from cricket to tennis to badminton, but there is no evidence any of, the, of these incidents had anything to do with the COVID vaccine. However, some of those athletes did contract COVID itself prior to the incidents, which some say is argument in favor of vaccines, not against them. If you would like to submit a question to us, just go to 10news.com. Click on that is uh, ABC 10 San Diego doing a uh investigation so, in, into that video that was uh, so, currently going so around on they say it's false. YouTube. Yeah, they, they said it was false. They said some of the people that uh, they claim collapsed because of the COVID vaccine had never even been vaccinated. Dave writes in, he says, uh, how is it you guys won't believe things on the internet that maybe some people would want to keep secret, but you will believe what you find on the internet that would debunk it? Also from something off the internet, the internet is the new news source of today, so how is one more true than the other on any topic? In other words, how is what you find on the internet any more credible than what we, your listeners, find on the internet? Please read this on air. Dave, I don't know what to tell you, but when I read something that I think is complete nonsense, I don't act upon it because it's complete nonsense. And if I read something that I think is true, then I do act upon it. Now, other people don't have the same maybe, you know, nonsense radar that I do. Maybe mine's wrong. 
uh, I've, I'm sure I've been wrong before, but when you've lived a certain amount of time, uh, and I don't know that that has to be even longer than 18 years, but when you've lived a certain amount of time, you kind of know the difference between people who are just spouting something that may or may not have any basis in reality and people who have actually uh, done some work and, and uh, figured something out. Lee and Meridian still with us uh, here this morning. All right, Lee, um, we had to take a break there for news. Thanks for hanging on. Um, what uh, wanted to give you a chance to give us an example of a huge news story that somebody in power somewhere is making it so that it's not reported anywhere in the world. What what would be an example? Okay, so that's a false narrative right there. No, that's what I'm you said. There's one person controlling everything. No, that's not what I said. Okay, okay, you're right. Um, what is an example of one huge story a, that nobody's reporting and keeping it a secret? There's a major bias by the mainstream media. Okay, once again, years. I'm going to ask you the question. I'm not, I'm not I'm, asking I'm share, I'm, the, the I'm one story, the one story that you said, give us an example that is being hidden that nobody is being allowed to hear. Okay, so as I started, I was asking you a question. Did you see a testimony by Jim Jordan just within the last week? No. Okay. It's not being reported by mainstream media. But I haven't the looked for it. I mean, that's it. like saying, you know, did you see the accident that happened in Washington, D.C., where a guy died in a car, a car wreck? Just because except I don't see it doesn't mean it's not being Washington, reported. Except for the accident, the accident in Washington, D.C. has nothing to do with every single person in the United States. <laughs> The story that Jim Jordan talked about is that they uh, subpoenaed Fauci's emails and he was receiving emails from other virologists from around the world. Two of them specifically said, this looks, this is early last year. We're looking at this virus. It looks fabricated. It looks engineered is the word they used. So can I and can I ask he, if this isn't being reported anywhere? How did you find out about it? Because because you can only you'll only see things that you search for. I I subscribe to certain media channels that, and and by the way, this wasn't this wasn't anybody even reporting on it. They just had video of his testimony and of him presenting in front of Congress, and so I just watched him actually do his presentation. So the it's not it's not being hidden not, then. Well, it, they're not covering it. it was, that's the same as being hidden. No, it's it, not. It was as, a uh, it was a Fox News special report a few nights ago. So I mean, Fox yeah, Fox, Fox News, News didn't sure. hide it. Oh, you guys, you guys are being ridiculous right no, now. You're it's the one just, that said there are huge stories being hidden out there that people don't know about. And here's well, here's Fox one that News, you brought Fox up, and News. and you said you even said admitted yourself that you found it. Fox News is covering it, but where's the mainstream media? Where's the rest Fox of Fox is where's mainstream left, media. Where's the left-stream media? Where's the left-leaning news? They are not covering it. Why? Why aren't they covering it? Well, I, because it I doesn't do know, support their narrative. I do know that a lot of them think Jim Jordan is, is full of it. Oh, my word. Well, you, you, you ask are, why they aren't covering it. That, that could be the reason watch, why they are not this? doing it. How about this? Go watch it. He reads... Fauci's emails, the ones he receives and the ones he sends out. He gives timelines to what Fauci's doing, meetings he's having, okay. with no other government officials present. Um, I, I, the I, highest paid... I, I totally get that. Paid I, I totally get that. But the question I ask you was, 
uh, give us one example of these huge stories that are not being reported, and you can't give us one. This is the story. Are you kidding me? We just told you various places that are reporting. You even admitted it's being reported. So the the fact that the fact that you guys didn't even know about it is my to my point. Okay, I, once <laughs> again, I didn't. I also didn't know that an accident happened that killed somebody in Washington D.C. It has to be something that you 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 have interest in. A something that you might have looked about. Do you realize look, that this about, entire virus B, was manufactured in a lab and Fauci? Yes, and I the know there are people that believe that. Yes, I do know people who no, believe that. No, they paid for it. Yes, I know people believe we, that. There's, I, I, I admit no, there's that. I totally records, admit that. There's records. that There's no debating it. Thank you for the call, we Lee. funded it. Appreciate you uh, sticking around to try and answer our question. David in Nampa, good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Morning, guys. Um, a little bit in support of Lee there. Perhaps the word he should have used is being underreported and not, not being reported. Because, yes, Fox News reports something and the other 37 don't. They're right as media, just like they said. Mostly peaceful protests. I think if you saw the picture, even though they're mostly peaceful, which is accurate, the non-peaceful part was quite destructive. That being said, the best case that I can present for your side comes from a fact check by Reuters. And this one sentence... There is no evidence currently that COVID-19 vaccines are linked to an increase in sports people collapsing or dying due to heart issues such as myocarditis. So there, they debunked it. There is no link that the increase in sports people collapsing, and that's what they say is, well, you can't prove it's related, just like my friend that had a stroke. There's no way you could prove the stroke was related to him having a shot a week before. There are videos, and there are plenty of them on YouTube, that have narration. And the narration sometimes is explaining something that is not actually being shown. You know what I mean? Oh, I agree, totally. Yeah. But this is, this is the fact check by Reuters. Right. There, there is no evidence that they are linked to the increase. Why are we having an increase? The uh, FIFA has always athletes? also come out because, um, you know, of that social media post that claims 108 athletes um, died on the uh, pitch due to COVID vaccines. Uh, FIFA also came out and said, well, this is news to us. We haven't heard of anybody dying on the pitch in the last two years. Okay, but let me ask you a side question on that because he also brought up the Wuhan theory, conspiracy theory theory. They had three scientists in America that studied it, the chances of it, what the stuff was going on, and all three of them concluded it was man-made in the lab. And then two of the scientists reversed their position and said, no, 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 this occurred in nature. And within a month, both of those guys got huge grants to continue the research from the governing body. Yeah, I'm, conspiracy theory? Hard to say. No. I don't think so, but hard to say. Thank you yeah. for the call. So, you know, I mean, if you got money and means, you can cover up anything. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but it would hard to cover up everything. 
if you have money and means, you might be able to cover up some, but covering up everything in the world, I think, would be kind of difficult. Yeah, and for the record, uh, we get left out of that thing when they're paying off people not to report a story. <laughs> not, not according to some people, Chris. We get, we get paid to carry their water, remember? Joking right. there, but that's, we've, already, we've got to accuse that already this week. That's not technically in my contract, it's written as such. We need to take a break. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Um, man, we went down the rabbit hole quickly here today. Um, I'm going to apologize in advance if we don't get a chance to get to all of you who are waiting on the phone. Um, we were talking about the uh, heart transplant. Vern and Boise, thank you for being patient. Uh, let's get back to the subject. Yeah, hi. Thanks for taking my call. So, you know, off the topic of trying to make a decision as to whether you give a vaccine to a young 31-year-old male who needs a, you know, a heart transplant, um, so being, being a nurse myself, working here in the Valley for a while, uh, working with surgery patients as well as, uh, inpatients, um, uh, folks uh, on the COVID wards. Um, I think the thing that you see out there that a lot of people completely are just missing when it comes to just vaccinations, uh, period is that as human beings, you know, each one of us is a completely unique you know, massive organism that uh, you get a vaccine and I get a vaccine, and it's not going to, we're not cookie cutter humans, right? So right. Uh, uh, any any medication you take, any vaccination isn't going to have the same exact effect on every single person, but the science is there, right? So we, we know a lot about uh, immunology and vaccinations to the point where when you have people calling in that either are under uh, undereducated or don't understand the science behind the immunology, to think that, hey, this person got a COVID vaccine, and this is the response that it should happen. But, you know, you've got sport athletes that are taking it and they're dying. But then when you challenge them with the evidence, they can't produce the evidence. So without getting, with trying to be a little bit more concise about it, I think an issue is, is we are really, uh, every, every person's health case is a really subjective situation. So you've got somebody who needs a heart transplant, but they can have all sorts of other comorbidities that could be affecting their health outcomes right. from having that surgery by itself, let alone adding a vaccination on it. But like you said during that phone call, obviously, uh, or I think your partner might have said, obviously when you're going to have a surgery, the surgeons and all the professionals helping you want to have the best outcome from that surgery. And we, without a doubt, know, with overwhelming evidence behind it, that COVID is killing people. We also know with evidence that people don't want to look at the evidence that the evidence says that the vaccines are helping people. They are boosting people's immunity and people with the, uh, the vaccine are um, having higher survivability rates and they are not the mass populace that is coming to our hospitals. So if I have somebody that needs a heart transplant, they're 31, I want to save this person's life and this person comes to me and says, so you're just going to let me die. It's not a factor that obviously there's massive ethical uh, challenges here with this case, but if you would have a higher chance of surviving your surgery uh, and, and this, this, this heart, this super valuable heart that you need for the rest of your potential life, if you have a higher chance of surviving that surgery by receiving a vaccine that has been statistically proven to give you a higher chance of surviving it if you do get infected, then that's what we ought to do for you. 
So that's kind of where I'm at with this this whole topic is that I don't think that it's wrong for them to require that this individual has this vaccination, but it comes down to choice, which is a whole other topic as to whether you be forced to get vaccinated or not. Right. But it's my choice. Well, I, I need a heart. So I either, but I have concerns about it and myocarditis and all these other cardiac things. So here's the choice that I've made with. I either choose to not get my heart transplant because of their policies, and I run the risk of dying based off of my current diagnosis and condition, or I take a risk yeah. so I can get this vaccine and you, receive... You know if you don't get that heart, you're going to die. Correct. Yeah. So, so you're going to die. So, but, yeah. but, 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 but what you're right, though, is what you don't know, and a lot of people argue, well, we don't know the long-term effects of this vaccine. Well, that's true. But yeah. I would rather take the I would rather take the risk of having the proven benefits of of an antibody response to this, and I would rather weigh out the odds of what might happen down the road. But yeah, that would be Vern. We're up against on time. Uh, thanks for the call. Thanks, appreciate it, and thanks uh, for uh, all you do working in the nursing industry. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you, sir. You guys rock. Thanks so much. And that's all the time we have for today. Apologize to those people who didn't get through. Open phones Friday tomorrow. Plan on calling us up. We'll start taking your calls right after six o'clock. We're on a twenty-hour break. We'll be back tomorrow.